But if you don't know why you do what you do, and people respond to why you do what you do, then how will anybody, how will you ever get people to, 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 to vote for you or buy something from you, or more importantly, be loyal and want to be a part of what it is what you, that you do? Today you are here with Sky Becker Yamakawa and Catherine Moore. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Sky. Hi. So tell me, what have you been working on? This week, I'm starting painting for upcoming show at Modern Eden called Beyond the Horizon. That opens, I'm actually early. It's like that one opens in May, I think the second Saturday in May, so the 13th. So I'm just starting painting on that this week. Cool. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. That'll be fun. <laughs> right. And that's going to be the one in conjunction with Lilani Bustamante solo show. Correct. Yeah. At least that's what it said in the material I was given. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. She okay. <laughs> I don't know if I told you she broke her leg. Oh no. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. She, oh geez. Yeah. So I want to know how she broke her leg. <laughs> she was at a dog park. I was wondering if it was a dog. It was related. a, do- it's a dog related injury. Yeah. Her, oh my goodness. Yeah. Her dog and her dog's best friend, who is a, she told me a 90 pound Doberman, they were playing and they were running and they were running towards her and she went to move out of the way. And then the Doberman couldn't course correct in time and then ended up running right into her knee. Oh my God. That sounds she terrible. broke just the very top of her tibia. So. Oh, I was geez. like, are you going to be walking by the time your solo show happens? Oh, she gosh. should be, though. Yeah, she should be. Okay. Poor yeah. Lonnie. I know. Poor thing. That happened a few weeks ago, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, girl, what's up? My husband got injured by a dog. You get injured by right. a dog. Exactly. No bites, just like stupid stuff. It didn't happen on her birthday, did it? No. No, but close. It was a couple days before her birthday. Oh, no. She did have to go to the orthopedist on her birthday. Oh, no. But at least she didn't have to have surgery. That's why I keep saying, like, oh, well, no surgery. She's like, I can't walk. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Okay. Anyway, how about you? What are you working on? (laughs) I am in the process of putting together the firming up my little rock star series. I did uh, my sketches, I have my lineup, and I have to have some extras just in case, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you start painting a bigger series, some might work and some might not. (laughs) Right, right. How many are you planning on having in the series? I want to have a total of 12, like a solid 12, Mm -hmm. which means I have to overshoot to like 15. Right. And I'm kind of struggling with a little bit of, I I did end up going with 50% women, 50% men, Mm -hmm. but- some of the men have such iconic looks and I kind of want to do female versions. <laughs> oh, cool. So yeah. I don't know if those will be part of the true 12 or they'll be separate. So right, right. 
I've done Bowie a bunch of times and I'm like, I kind of want to do a little girl Bowie. Like, why can't. Yeah. Why not? Rock. I mean, he was, that was like his thing, right? It was like kind of androgyny and stuff. So why not? That's true too. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit torn, but yep. So I'm, I'm starting to get into that rolling up my sleeves. Right. Awesome. Can't wait to see the work that comes out of that. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, we will be right back to talk about why. Hello and welcome back. Today we are going to talk about the big why. So Catherine, have you heard about this? Like it became really, really popular with that Simon Sinek TED Talk, the what is your why? I'm sure I've heard of it. I just, not reference to the TED Talk. I I haven't heard that one, but I think we could talk about like the big why as I'm sure we will, as it relates to art and artists. And I just don't know if I've heard it phrased that way. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's Simon Sinek. It was interesting. A lot of companies and businesses, small businesses, large businesses, this is a few years ago, have been talking about the why and how important your why is. First, we'll talk about what is a why. And your why is a statement of purpose that describes why you do the work you do and why you live the lifestyle you do. It is your calling, your conviction, your mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so next we talk about why do we have to say what our why is? Like, why is this important? <laughs> right, right. What is the importance of having a why and expressing it as an artist? It is important because it helps your audience connect with you. There are so many artists out there and there are so many people doing similar work mm-hmm. now, especially with the internet. I feel like it's just like exploded. You like you look online if you want to find somebody who does nature, birds, and I have it so many times when I'm like, that's that artist. And then it's like, mm-hmm. nope, I never heard of them. Right, right, right. So it's like, how, what will make you stand out? What will differentiate you from somebody else? And one of those ways is by defining your why. What is driving you to paint what you paint? Mm-hmm. That's one of the important reasons why a why statement. <laughs> why a why statement? <laughs> a why statement is a sentence that clearly expresses the artist distinctive contribution and impact said Simon Sinek um, on the TED talk. Okay. It was really interesting. He had a diagram and he says, he has the outer circle is the how everybody does the, this is what I do. This is how I do it. But Mm -hmm. people don't necessarily talk about the inside circle, which is, this is why I do it. He would go in and he explains like with Apple and Mm -hmm. Apple's big wise, because we think differently. This is what we make. We make a great computer, you know, and this is how we make it. We use innovative design and this is what we do. But they say, but we do it for people who think differently. Uh So then it sort of starts to sound to me like when you're applying to big companies that it's a slogan. Right, right. A little bit, which we kind of have to do as artists. We have to market ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I'm hearing that I need to listen to this TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's old. And yeah. When I looked it up to rewatch it recently for this recording, I saw you don't even have to watch the whole thing. The meat of it is a little snippets all over the internet. Right. The second thing is, well, how do you find your why? So like you're listening, you're like, okay, I need to have a why. I need to have a, a slogan statement or something that really boils down, hard boils and summarizes why I paint what I paint. And now So how do you find it? So it said you have to search inward, according to the internet. You have to put purpose before goals was one. Two was focus on what you have. Three was take ownership of your life. Four, think about what brings you joy. 
Five, develop your own life vision statement. Six, discover your true needs. And seven, write out your story. So you have to get pretty deep, I guess. Gotta get deep. Gotta like, get deep. Do you know your why? Yeah, but I think like whys change. Okay. And it's hard. It, it's really hard. I've heard it's interesting because, well, one, I've noticed with artists, some of the bigger named artists that we've had within the one to two first questions we ask, where are you from? They go into their why mm-hmm. immediately. But I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, like I can think of some artists who we know and I know their why right away. Like, okay, I know like for John Ching, he paints nature and really focuses on endangered animals because he he believes in saving the environment right Mm -hmm. that's his big why Mm -hmm. but then I thought but you think about who are some of the wealthiest and most successful artists of our day and you think hmm I don't necessarily know what Jeff Koontz why is right and even some that aren't with us anymore like what was Pablo Picasso's why (laughs) right right so I think about that but then like Banksy we kind of know his why it's a little bit of this rebellious sort of a little cheeky, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an artist, you want my art, but I'm also going to pull a prank on you or mock you for wanting art. Right. So yeah, it's challenging. It's the third one. The third part of this is how do you communicate your why and some quick statements of purpose tips are, and this is where it got really interesting because then the why for an artist started to move into an artist statement. So basically okay. you, in your artist statement, you should say who you are, what you create, how you create it. And you should also say why you create it. And I think the why comes out more organically in your artist statement. When you talk about where you came from, this is where mm-hmm. I grew up. This is what inspired me. That could also be your why. Mm-hmm. So quick statements of purpose tips are your statement of purpose shouldn't have any typo spellings or grammatical errors. Okay. It's an artist statement. Right. Use strong, clear, concise writing. Avoid cliches and repetitive language. Four was stay away from overly informal language. And five, keep a positive, confident tone. Mm-hmm. You have a why and it's in your statement. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think a lot of artists do have their why. They have it in their statement. The question is, are they utilizing it? Right. That's that's really interesting. It took me for, I hate writing artist statements. It's the worst thing on the planet to me. It is. It is like, can I just write like a rhyme or do I have to? Like, why does it have to be like this? Yeah. (laughs) It's different because the the artist statement for maybe people that don't know, it's, it's different from your bio, but yet there's some similarities. (laughs) Right. At the same time though, I had the hardest time writing mine. It took literally, it was two months of me writing and rewriting something to come up with anything coherent. It is really hard. I mean, you don't want it to sound cheesy. You don't want it to sound redundant or mm-hmm. too similar to somebody else or right. generic, but it, it is, but it basically is your why. Right. Stating your, this is the actual statement by the artist. <laughs> this is what they're saying. And that's for, for why you do anything. And then sometimes some places will ask for a blurb about a specific piece of art. What's your artist statement about this specific piece of art? And that gets even more challenging. <laughs> right. Well, that's why I said the why can change. Yeah. I think that there's a, a general why as to who you are mm-hmm. as an artist. And then there can be separate little whys. <laughs> separate little whys. For different series or maybe mm-hmm. something that you're really invested in for whatever a set period of time, which was 
interesting when I started to think about the why, and I thought, well, when somebody figures out what their why is, like if they really want to take the time and energy to sit down and focus on it to help Mm -hmm. brand themselves better, I think ultimately it would probably really help you as an artist. Oh, yeah. You're going to understand, okay, oh, this is my brand. This is what I'm doing. And if this is my why, then this is what I need to be creating. And mm-hmm. this is the subject matter I need to do. This is the style I need to stay in because this is my why. <laughs> right, right. So it's all related, mm-hmm. but it's kind of forcing us or forcing me to look at it from a different perspective. Right, right. It really it really forces you to kind of focus. It's an uncomfortable way to look at it. For yeah, me. it's like, oh, uh, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> I know, I don't, I don't want to go in there. Well, because I think for a lot of artists, paint what we really are feeling, what's inside of us, it's our Mm -hmm. voice. And Mm -hmm. so your why can be incredibly personal. Right. And maybe you don't know how you feel about being so vulnerable to people who you don't know. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's just like, you know, and and honestly, I I will say this, but there are times that I'm just, and maybe I just, maybe I need to dig deeper, but I'll just, an image will come to my head and I was like, oh, I want to paint that. That's cool. And I'll just paint it because I think it looks cool to me. And me, like I said, this could be me just like not going deeper to me. I'm just like, oh, I just want to paint this because I think it'll look cool, period. <laughs> Nothing beyond right. that. And I think that's, a, could be why I struggled so much to find a why. <laughs> I think there is a deeper reason why you're attracted to something and why you do find it cool. And right, maybe you're just not looking or not wanting to look at that moment, which I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't don't know. No judgment here (laughs) Um, as to, yeah, why. Yeah, interesting. So folks, yeah, what's your why? What (laughs) is your why? thinking about that. Right, or think about artists who you admire or Mm -hmm. success artists who are you view as very successful and see if you can identify their why, which is what yeah, I started to do and started to think like, hmm, so what is Takahashi Murakami's why? Or, right. you know, what is like Shepard Fairey, I think his why when he was painting, when we, when like I saw him back on White Walls in mm-hmm. San Francisco versus the Shepard Fairey that we know today, his why is very different. I think right. now he's using his, how popular he is to make a voice for political statements to mm-hmm. accept everybody be diverse create art and right you know when he was at white walls he was doing album cover type of art or art mm-hmm. of his favorite musicians and right interesting so your why can change yeah right so your why can change or maybe it's at the core of who you are but depending on what your exposure level is yeah that's that's a it's a good topic to explore it is. Everyone should do it. Just, just Everyone should do it. Get be careful. <laughs> be in a good headspace when you do it. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, but we'll be right back with art news. Hello and welcome back. Today we have our art news segment and it's a little dark. There was a sculpture of Picasso's corpse that draws crowds at Madrid's top contemporary art fair. Oh, <laughs> my god (laughs) yeah it is it's kind of crazy so among the aisles and booths at arco it's madrid's contemporary art fair lurks the apparition of a man who looms larger over history of modern art 
Picasso's lifeless body forms the basis for work by Spanish artist Eugenio Marino titled Aquí Mario Picasso. Picasso died here 2017. And rather than being based on Picasso's actual corpse, <laughs> sign mm -hmm. of belief, <laughs> it draws inspiration from the image of the artist as many associated with him, which Picasso lined down on a white pedestal and yeah. he's in his blue stray Breton shirt with linen pants and his espadrilles. He's, he's like, very sleepy. He's very, just just very how, sleepy. Right. Just how <laughs> we all envision Picasso. Right. Right. It's kind of crazy. It looks so real. <laughs> so what was his why? <laughs> what was his why? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know. They kind of explain it. According to the Spanish publication El Paez, the sculpture managed to concentrate groups of onlookers on opening day at La Vanguardia described the work as death as a souvenir. Okay. Yeah. So one of the main centers of attraction for selfie addict and the safe way to get likes on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. The sculpture is basically a tourist attraction. They We made based on the Dean McConnell's 1976 book, The Tourist. Marino wrote in an email to Art News. In the book, the author explains the characteristics of an attraction. And for us, it was basically what the art world and the art fairs have turned into. Institutions and companies wash their image in culture, Marino added. And that's why it is important that this work present itself openly as an object to be sold, but also from which to extract symbolic value. A place where tourist art consumers can have its selfie. It's a souvenir that reminds us they were here where Picasso died. Obviously, it's as fake as any tourist attraction. Right. <laughs> and the work comes in an addition of three. So there's more than one. Wow. <laughs> yep. And it sells for a tidy 45,000 pounds. And Arco runs, Arco's over. It ran through February 26th. Right. I'm just looking at the, like, what did he use to sculpt that? <laughs> I'm getting into the artistic parts of right, it. Right, right. Well, there was that artist, I don't know his name, shame on me. And he did those sculptures. He had one of Salvador Dali, of Frida mm -hmm. Kahlo. Did he have Andy Warhol? I don't remember if he did one of Mark Ryden. And they looked so realistic. Did you right. see those? Yeah. I think I may have seen the Frida Kahlo one. Uh-huh. But I don't remember if I saw the other ones or not. Okay. I'm guessing he used the same type of material right it really looks like he's just laying there it does it's, it's very realistic yeah it, it is it's pretty insane like i, saw I mean it. when you get into the art of it it's gorgeous yeah it's right. Like, oh, right wow right but and the fact that there's three of them i'm like all it's like now i want to talk to this guy. how long did it take you what materials to use? right well, yeah that's it's it's really interesting it did with the material is i'm wondering if it was wax right could be wax yeah i don't know but it, it was crazy i mean like i saw the picture and i was just like wait wait a minute yeah yeah <laughs> there, there's picasso's corpse like what the hell yeah when i first heard it <laughs> i was thinking it was going to be like a decaying corpse <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> But no, it's, it's, it just, he could be taking a very still peaceful nap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's really cool. It's very interesting. It I, I can see why people would want to take their selfie in front of it. 
I guess. <laughs> but that's an interesting commentary on people. Right. Yeah. Right. On society. Yeah. It is. I mean, it is really interesting. Yeah. That people, I mean, I don't know if I feel good or bad about people wanting to take a selfie with the corpse of Picasso, like kind of good that people are that interested in art that they'd actually want to take a picture with a dead artist. <laughs> right. But I think the point is, is, are they really interested in art or are they just interested in the spectacle? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the darker side of it, a spectacle, a dead person. Right. It's a yeah. lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. A yeah. lot of stuff to unpack there. Right. But yeah, it was interesting that because we do, people do so many selfies and pictures of themselves. And now they're actually incorporating selfies or Instagram moments into something as formal as an art fair. Right. The commentaries, is, they just show up because that's where you go to see and be seen, not because you're necessarily interested in the work that's being displayed. Well, that concludes our episode. Where can we find you online, Catherine? You can find me at my website, which is tncanvas.com, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, both at tncanvas. Great. And I am at skiesart.com or skiesartshop on Instagram. And you can follow Off the Easel podcast on Instagram. And please like and follow our podcast wherever you listen to it. As Picasso once said, we all know that art is not truth. So thank you for listening and happy creating. creating.